Yes, come on. To admiration Yes, come on. To you. Hallelujah.
even when we don't have the words to say hallelujah, he understands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for hearing our cry, God. Hallelujah. Thank you for hearing our hearts, God. Bless the Lord with me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless him, bless him. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. No, see how Hallelujah, hallelujah. God is good and all the time. Amen, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. We thank God. Amen. For his greatness. Thank God for his great grace. Amen. We're truly here in the presence of the Lord to give him praise. For he has done what? Amen. You you don't sound convinced. For he has done? Amen. Amen. Yell it out so somebody can hear you. He has done great things. Amen. And because of this, We are glad, amen, for he has given us life, health, and strength. He has blessed us to see a new day, amen, for this is the day the Lord has made. We shall what? And what? Be glad in it. We shall rejoice and be glad in it, for God has done great things for us, and we thank him. Amen. We're so glad to see your smiling faces out. Amen. So glad to see our brother Joe and Sister Maria back. Amen. Amen. Blessing to see them. Amen. We miss our assistant pastor and his family today. Amen. As they go on their cruise. Amen. Sailing across God's great big ocean. Amen. We thank God for that. Amen. It's good to get away every now and then. Amen. As a family. And just unwind. Amen? Amen. Good to just unwind. And we thank God for it. Thank God for all things. Amen. For life. 
Amen. For waking us up this morning. Starting us on our way. Amen. How many here know what I'm talking about? Because you didn't have to get up this morning. Amen. Amen. If you have the activities of your limbs and all your senses working, you ought to give God the great big hand praise that he deserves. Come on and give him a big hand praise. Clap those hands unto the Lord. Amen. Let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. Amen. You got to give him a praise. Amen. For he has done great things. Amen. He has kept you and blessed you to this day. Amen. For he has done great things. Amen. Saints, open up your Bibles with me. First to Revelation 1. Thank God for the word is right. Amen. Revelation 1. We have a few chapters with small verses. Amen. That God is going to bring to one message. Amen. And we want you to also get Revelation 19. Amen. Revelation 1 and Revelation 19. And after that, we are going to go over to Psalm 24. Our theme scripture for this year. Thank you, my sister. Amen. Our theme scripture for this year, Psalm 24. And after that, we're going to go to Joshua 6, where we were last Sunday. There is a word from the Lord to comfort you. Amen. For some, to chastise you. Amen. But there is a word from the Lord. And we must receive what God has for us. Revelation 1. One verse there. Verse 7. Of Revelation, the first chapter. We find the writer of this chapter, John, speaking or hearing from the Lord as he writes. And it reads in Revelation 1 and 7. Bear with me. Revelation 1 and 7, it says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him shall well, wait a minute, excuse me, saw it again. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Amen. You hear that? Did you hear that? Again, behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so. Amen. Revelation 19. I guess I should have on my glasses to make this easier, right? Revelation 19. Starting at the 11th verse. And it says, And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. 
and in righteousness does he judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he shall thread the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of the almighty God. And he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, listen to this, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I'm going to stop right there. The two scriptures that we just read from, Revelations 1 and 7 and then Revelations 19, is giving you a description not of the rapture of Christ, but actually of the revelation of Christ. It's Christ not meeting the church in the air, but Christ coming back to the earth. And when Christ comes back to the earth, he's not coming as the peacemaker in his first advent. He's coming now to wage war and to take control of the earth. And let all God's people say amen. Again, he's coming in his revelation. And when he comes, he's coming with an army on white horses. What, do these, what does this army represent? This army, saints of God, is the church that has already been taken up in the rapture. They're coming with Jesus. We're coming with Jesus on white horses. I thought y'all be a little bit more excited than that. The rapture has already taken place and we're coming with him from heaven on white horses in the air. Y'all not getting the picture here, right? Christ is coming from heaven on his own white horse. And we that have been changed will come with him from heaven on horses to the earth. You got to see this. The rapture has already taken place. The great tribulation is about to end because the great tribulation will end with the revelation. And that's Christ coming from the sky down to the earth to take control of the earth. This is what we're talking about. Ah, now that you read that, now we're going to go to Psalms 24 because you're going to understand Psalms 24 better now. And it says at the first verse, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Did y'all just hear that? He's coming on a cloud and every eye shall see him. And they that pierced him and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. They will see him. Why? Because he's coming to take over the earth that belongs to him anyway. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. 
the world and they that dwell therein. God is coming to take what belongs to him. We saw it in Revelation, but guess what? God told us this in Psalm, the worship book, before it even happened. How many know that God says things before it happens? And when he says it, he says it as though it happened. Y'all going to get it in a minute. And it says, for he has founded it upon the sea, the seas, and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart and has not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing of the Lord and the righteousness from the God of his salvation. Speaking of Jesus. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. And be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory, the glorious God who owns everything. For remember, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. And then he's saying, lift up your head, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord God mighty. The Lord God mighty in battle. Listen, he is what? King of glory. He is the king of glory. He is the king of glory. He is the word of God. He is the king of glory. He's coming down and he's coming to take over. Your title, the king of glory. Your thought for this day, again from last Sunday, I will see the glory of God. Because see, when Jesus comes in his revelation, he's coming in the fullness of his glory. But I need you to know that he has set his glory here on earth inside of you and I through the person of the Holy Spirit. God's glory is in us. How many know that God's glory is in you? Amen. God's glory rests and abides in you because you have the person of the Holy Spirit in you who's doing God's work. Ah, oh, and that sister Michelle said it this morning, he that has begun a good work in you shall continue it. How many know that God won't stop until he's finished? How many know that God can't be stopped? And whatever God says has got to come to pass. Whatever God has promised you, he's got to do. God cannot renege on his promise nor go back on his word. He has to do it. He must do it because it's his word. And before any dot or tittle of his word shall fail, heaven and earth shall pass away. But listen, but the word of God shall not fail. And we see that word when the word is coming from heaven in his revelation. And God telling us he's coming as though it's already happened. As though he telling, he's telling us so we can see it. Why? Because we have to see it by faith.
But the thing about our God, he already knows it. He knows it's about to happen. Oh, tell somebody it's about to happen. Oh, look at your neighbor on the other side. Tell him it's on. It's about to happen in this place. I will see the glory of God. Amen. Not maybe, not could be, or perhaps. No, I will see the glory of God. We have to walk with this expectation all the time. We have to know that this is going to happen in spite of what's going on in our lives, in spite of what people say or what things people do. We have to know that we will see the glory of God. As Jesus once again told Martha, told I not, said I not unto you that if you would believe that you would see the glory of God, I will see the glory of God. Your challenge for today, very simple. Shout unto God. Shout unto God. In other words, praise him in spite of what you're going through. Praise him no matter what. Don't stop giving God praise. Oh, listen here. In the midst of your financial struggles, give God praise. Amen. Get over your, most, your emotions. Listen, get over yourself and give God praise. Don't let somebody else give God praise for you. Give him praise for yourself. Shout unto the Lord. Shout unto the God of your salvation. You know how we come to church sometimes and we see other people dance? It's always got to be one that get it started. They get on what I get, get on the good foot. And, and they start dancing. Usually in this place is Sister Pastor Lee. Or is Evangelist Hargett. Or is, is Pastor over here who'll jump right into a dance. And then as soon as they jump into a dance, somebody else over there catch the revelation. It's time to give God praise. Somebody else over there will start jumping up and down. One Sunday here was so messed up, even Sister Irene got into the fracas. Lord have mercy. I turn around to everybody. The usher's dancing. Shout unto the Lord. Give him praise. This is what we need to do in spite of what's happening in our lives. I know we come in here, our minds are going everywhere. Amen. That's why we, sometimes we need to stop praying before we get here. No, I'm telling you, all the time. We need to stop praying before we get here. We need to start praying, Lord, Lord, release me of the things on my mind, the things that's holding me back. Amen. Let me tell you something. Let me say, God will even relieve you of pain just so you can come here and bless him. He will heal you just because you want to give him praise. How many know your healing is in the praise? Your deliverance is in your praise. God's going to set you free when you praise him. Because the enemy has no power over you. You are a Christian. You are a believer in Jesus Christ. The enemy has no power over you. Just give God praise. Amen. Because when we praise God, we confuse the enemy. He doesn't, he doesn't, well, do, do, does Nate really mean it? Is he really giving God praise? Do you, you think that that's a real praise? Praise God. 
and be sincere in praising him. Let it, let it, let it feel down to your piggy toe. Let it get all in you so good that you just stop, begin, begin to praise him, no, not caring who's around you. Amen? Amen. Stop dancing, then you say, I'm sorry, I stepped on your foot. <laughs> say it after the dance is over. But when you come into the house of God, or when you're in your secret room, there ought to be a time during the week that God just gets a shout from you. Other than coming to the church to shout. Ha! There should be a secret closet in your house. Sort of a portal between you and God. Where God knows that when you come in there, you know what you're coming to do. Amen. My next house I buy is going to have a prayer room. I'm buying a house with a prayer room. Or maybe I'll put Isaiah or TJ out. No, I, don't tell him that. Don't tell him that. I was just playing. So we can have a prayer room. A place where we go, where we know when we come in here is to do warfare against the enemy. It's to let the enemy know we're taking control of what God has given us. Shout unto the Lord. Shout unto the Lord. Shout unto the Lord. Shout unto him. And why are we shouting? We're shouting because we will see the glory of God. We will see it. There's no doubt in my mind that God is going to do it. Why? Because our topic says this. This is what our topic says. Our topic says this wall will fall. That's right. I'm telling you today, this wall will fall. Nothing will stand against me and my worship and my praise unto God and my life unto Jesus Christ. Nothing, this wall will fall. We declare it and know it today. This wall will fall. We're saying it out of our mouth. We're not backing down. We're not saying it in fear. We're not saying it in reservation. We're not saying it because we're just saying it. We're letting you know today, you got to say it for your own life, for your family, for your marriage. This wall will fall. It may be a wall blocking communication. It may be a wall of insecurity. It may be a wall of fear. Maybe your wall is a habit or an addiction. But I come to tell you today that if you say it in the name of Jesus and believe it, that it's got to happen because God has already shown us in the word that he can do it, that this wall will fall. It cannot stay where it is. It's got to come down because we're pulling down every stronghold. This day, it's got to fall. It's been holding me back too long. I'm not going to let it stay where it is. This wall will fall. I'm tearing down this wall that's keeping me from prospering. I'm tearing down this wall that's keeping me from progress. I'm tearing down this wall that's keeping me from the promises that God has given me. Today, this wall will fall. 
it might be a very big wall. Because a lot of times in our lives, we have created big walls. Walls that are very fortified and difficult to come down. Walls are barriers. Walls can be a a fortress. Something that seems impenetrable, that cannot be broken, that looks as though it's there forever. That wall. That wall can be something from your past. An abuse that you suffered could have caused that wall to lift up. And everybody else looking at you and you're smiling and you're trying to pretend that you're happy and you're trying to go about your life. But the truth of the matter is you know and I know that the wall has been there for a long time. Sometimes walls come into relationships and destroys relationships. Walls come into marriage and destroy marriages. Because you know what? You can't see a spiritual wall. See, I can see this wall. I know if I run into it, Brother Nick, um, just call 911. See, but a spiritual wall we can't see. See, and I'm realizing that in the church, especially as being a pastor, I'm realizing that a lot of times the people I'm dealing with or the people I'm talking to have just got walls up. Or even me, myself, we all have some type of wall in our lives that might be hindering us from progressing or going forward in the Lord. There's a wall somewhere, something that could have happened to us that caused us to build this wall. And it looks as though it's never coming down. And the enemy will even make you believe that you're stuck at this wall. And the wall looks big and it's gigantic. And you're saying to yourself, how do we get past this? Now, if you're thinking about that, imagine how Joshua or the children of Israel must have felt around the walls of Jericho. Looking at those walls, realizing that, okay, let's get one thing straight. They were already in the promised land, but the heart of their promised land was getting past Jericho. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to say it again. They were already in the promised land, But the heart of their promise was past Jericho. But the wall at Jericho posed a problem, posed a concern. Even probably made some worry or think, well, what about this wall? I know what God has said, but we got this wall here. And saying some of us are going through that in our lives, even right now. I, 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 I want to give God praise. I want to bless the Lord. But I got this wall here that's holding me back. And every time I go to do something, this wall, this spiritual wall that no one else can see shows up. It could be guilt of the past. Something that you did that you feel, you feel God's never forgiven you for. 
Well, I come to let you know that God has forgiven you for it. You got to start tearing. You got to get this wall out your way. We got to move. This wall has got to move. And I come to let you know this wall will fall. Amen. No longer will it hold me back because beyond that wall is the fullness of what God has for me. My destiny is beyond that wall. My promise that God has given me is beyond that wall. God, what do you want me to do about this wall? I want this wall to come down. How many got some walls? How many gonna be real here today and tell the truth? There's a wall there. Huh? Come on now, tell the truth. There's a wall there. There's a, there's, a, there's a barrier. There's a barrier there. For a lot of us, it can just be something as simple as communication. We don't talk. I have a person like that in my life right now. And, I, and I'm, I'm just saying to them, I say, no, you know, you got to talk, man. You got to communicate. Nobody can guess what's wrong with you. Nobody can tell just by looking at you what's happening. Because, you know, a lot of people perpetrate frauds and they wear a mask and they smile to hide pain. But if you don't communicate and tell somebody what's wrong, how's anybody going to know you need some help? If you don't know how to come out and say it, just wear a big sign and we'll come. Just put a big sign on your chest. Help! And we'll come right there. But for sure, don't sit around and know you need help and don't say nothing. Don't find somebody to encourage you. Don't ask for prayer. That's a wall. Because you're trying to protect yourself. No, a lot of of people say this. Well, you know, I'm just private. The devil is a liar. You just want to hold back your business because the devil, you don't even know the devil speaking to you and tell you to say you private. I'm just real personal. You know, I just don't like folks knowing my personal business. How can I ever get help unless I tell somebody I need some help? Oh, Brother Nick, I got a problem. I need your help. I need you to pray with me. I need you to encourage me. Now, if I don't ever tell them that, how are you going to know? And then you ever notice that folks like that that don't tell you what's wrong, then they won't go and blame everybody? Well, you know, Evangelist Hargis should know the Lord should have showed it to her. No, maybe you could have opened your mouth and said something and then we could have prayed with you to help you. But instead, you walk around, no, you know, well, I'm just private. I'm just personal. You know, I don't like telling folks. I don't like folks knowing my business. No, you don't want folks knowing about you because the devil's trying to keep you where you are behind that wall. And unless you say to yourself, this wall will fall, it will stay there. I ain't never seen so many private folks in all my life and got a list of problems, notebook long, but they private. I would say something, but it's personal. Just come out. You slipped and fell. Just come out. Because see what, she may be laughing, but this is what I'm trying to tell you. It's the devil's job to keep stuff in darkness because as long as it's in darkness, no one can see it. Because he is the prince of darkness. And what's in darkness is what we can't see. 
And if you can't see it, how can you help me? You won't know what's bothering me unless I tell you. So if I hide it, I'm doing more damage to myself than good. If I come out with it, then I could be helped. Then then the devil put that thought in your mind. Well, you don't want them telling somebody. You don't want the whole church knowing. Oh, well, let me tell you something. God will send you to the person who will be a good, confident, and keep what you say. Because not everybody in the church got a big mouth. And don't let one person mess it up for everybody. Amen? I used to tell people because I had a lot of people came here from verbal abuse, sexual abuse, even physical abuse. And when they get in counseling, it's kind of hard for them to open up and tell you what's going on in their life. And I had to tell them, what you say here stays here. What you tell me, God, watch between me and thee. If I open my mouth to anyone else about your issue. Because that person just needs to know I'm talking to someone who's godly. I'm talking to someone who's going to stay in the word of God. I'm talking to someone who's going to help me with the word. I don't need nothing Buddha said. I don't need nothing some philosopher said. Give me the word. Give me the word that's coming from heaven. Give me a word that's coming out of the word of God. I don't need to know your opinion. I need the word. And if you don't got a word, send me to somebody that's got a word. Oh, you so wise. You ain't wiser than God. I need a word from the Lord. That's why I came here. I ain't come here to play. I need a word. I may need to hear something over and over and over, but preach it till I get it. Preach it till I change. Preach it till I'm delivered. But surely don't just keep changing the message because you want to be different. Some folks don't get it when you preach it the first time. That's why you got to keep saying it. And you say, oh boy, I done heard that scripture over and over. And did he read that scripture last Sunday? Yeah, you didn't get it. He read it three Sundays ago when you forgot it. Someone just preached on it and you forgot it. Because you know what? If it don't go down into your heart, you don't got it. When something is in your heart, ah, you got it. Ah, that's why David said, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. I'm just not, I'm not letting the word just go into my mind and then it's done. No, I need the word to get in my heart. See, because when something's close to your heart, you'll never lose it. Hey, something's close to your heart, you'll never lose it. This wall will fall. You will notice that there's a few things that God spoke to Joshua about that were a must. First of all, he needed the army to march around the wall of Jericho. He needed the priests to march around the wall of Jericho. And they had to carry the Ark of the Covenant. They had to lift it up and bear it, and they had to walk around the wall once for six days. 
And on the seventh day, go around the wall seven times. They needed the priest to hold up the ark. The ark inside of it was the word of God. Inside of the ark were the miracle things that God had done. The manna, a bowl of manna from the manna that God sent down from heaven. A rod, a rod, listen, that budded without being planted in the earth. And it was all in that Ark of the Covenant. But the most important thing in the Ark was the Word. The Word that was going to take Israel into their destiny, into their promise. And then on top of the Ark was what we called the mercy seat. And the mercy seat had over it two cherubims with their wings touching one another, looking over the center of the mercy seat. And in the center of the mercy seat, it represented the presence of God with Israel. God was with them. So I need you to get the picture. The army is before the priests. The priest is carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Did y'all get that? I need you to keep that picture. The army is before the Ark. The Ark is following the army for six days. They're carrying the Ark around the wall. And then there's the army behind them. And Joshua has his instructions. Somebody write that down, instructions. If you're taking notes, write that word down, instructions. See, instructions are to prepare you. See, anybody that cooks, you know that when you cook, you got to prepare. Amen? When, well, I, I can see it now. When, when pastors start cooking, um, you know, this, this morning before we left, you know, she got that macaroni and cheese. And she started stirring. I'm only telling y'all this because I live far and I know y'all not coming to my house. She had this macaroni and cheese and she was stirring it up and I'm walking down there saying, hmm. I'm rushing home after the board meeting so y'all don't hold me up. The roast beef was in the crock pot cooking. Hey man, y'all better not follow me, I tell you. Don't do it, I'll call the cops. Man, and you get down there and that smells just, wow. But she prepared. She had to prep for that. See, if you want a wall to fall in your life, you got to prepare yourself. You got to make preparations for the wall to fall. See, God gave Joshua instructions so that Joshua would see the glory of God. See, a lot of times we want to do things, but we don't want to make the preparations for it. See, that's why we're having a board meeting this afternoon, so we can make preparation for the steps that we're taking this year before we even come to the church so that we'll all be in agreement so that we can bring the church into the same agreement we have come into. So everybody will know that we all have one mind, we're all on one accord, that we're prepared for progress, we're prepared for the upstairs to open, we're prepared to do what needs to be done, we're prepared to take the steps that has to be made. 
We're not just talking because if you just talk, nothing's going to get done. Pastor said a couple of Sundays ago, it's time out for talking. We done, some of us don't talk too long. We don't say, I'm here, I'm here, I'm healed. When are you really going to show it? Stop talking and start doing something. Don't you know that after instructions come action? The action is preparation for what's about to happen. You make preparations. And this is what Joshua did. God, listen, God prepared Joshua. Joshua prepared the nation. Now they're all waiting for something to happen. And I like it because they're, listen, they're fulfilling the word of David, even though David's not even alive yet. David said, listen what David said. David said, I waited patiently on the Lord. David said in Psalm 27, he said, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall, what? Strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, what? On the Lord. In other words, do what God tells you to do. And while you're doing that, that's going to come. What God has promised you is going to come. So that's why I'm telling you, you got to praise him when you're feeling bad. You got to praise him when your stomach don't feel right. You got to give him praise when things look like they're not even going the way you thought it should. Because things are not going to change overnight. Amen? It was six days that they had to follow instructions and do the, prepara- the preparations before things happen. Ah. You know what? You get to, you get to cooking, you got to get everything ready. Who cooks in the dirty kitchen? The pots you need is in the sink. You got to wash them. Amen? Most of us, if, most of us, before we cook, we may find out we got to go to the store and get some things and bring it back to cook. Amen? We have to make preparations. We have to prepare for what God is going to do. Because listen, God will not only help us to prepare, God will also make provision. He'll make provisions for you. He won't just send you out there with nothing. He'll give you the provisions you need to do what needs to be done. Joshua couldn't do this by himself. He had to get the nation involved. The whole nation had to take part in seeing that God's plan was worked. Thank you, brother. Joshua had to be in submission taking notes, write that word down, submitting, submission. See, a lot of times we want God to do something for us, but we haven't submitted ourselves to him. See, because let me tell you something, you want to find your true test, submit. Oh my God. Submitting to the will of another. Let me tell you something. And that another I'm talking about, first of all, is God. It's the hardest thing for a Christian and a human being to submit to God. Because first of all, we do what we, we the way we act, we do what we want to do, when we want to do it, and don't you tell me what to do. 
because I'm my own person. I make my own decisions. I don't want to submit. But man, that's a test right there. That's a testimony right there. When you can submit. See, in order for Joshua to see the glory of God, he had to submit himself to the instructions of God and prepare himself to see the impossible, but he had to first submit. Submission. The Bible says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. I've had many women say, oh, I got a problem with this one, submitting. But let me tell you something. Whenever you have a problem with submitting, that's a wall. That's a wall. That's a wall. And we have to pray that wall down. And a lot of times, see, we want to shout over things and we, we, we want to rejoice over things, but we ain't submitting. We want to speak in tongues and run all up and down the church, but yet don't understand the simple thing of submitting. We're always trying to be in control, always trying to tell somebody what to do, and we ain't doing it ourselves. What they used to say when we were kids, Nate, do as I say, not as I do. In other words, what's good, what's good for me is not good for you. If I didn't tell you, you can do it. Submitting. Submitting. And you may say, well, well, listen, well, listen here. My husband, he's just mean. He just this. He's just that. Okay. Submit. Now, now see how quiet it got in here? I like that. Look, look at that quietness. You could hear a pitch rock, boy. See, but what happens, men, what happens is when we learn to submit to God, then our wives will submit to us. But if we're not submitted to God, nobody wants to submit to you. Because first of all, your wife don't know where you're getting your word from. And she can look at your instructions and see, oh, something wrong. There's a problem, there's an issue. See, Wife submits to husband and husband submits to God and everybody prospers because everybody know their role and where they're supposed to be at that time. See, because that's how things get mixed up too. That's another wall when you don't know your role. When you don't know the part you play. Ain't no left fielder has no business trying to play first base. Because he's supposed to play where they put him. Where he said he does best. Amen? Imagine the pitcher trying to be the catcher too. It's not going to work. He's going to throw himself the ball. He'll never get there. Wild pitches all day long. Because he can't get to the ball. Because he don't understand his role. And what needs to be done. And see, that's what's happening in the church a lot of times. We don't understand our role. And that's, we fight against leadership. Not just pastor, not just bishop, but if you fight against the leader of the usher board, you have not learned to submit. If she's in charge, then submit to her leadership. Submit yourselves to your leadership. Your manager on the job is a manager because they appointed him for that. 
Do not try to tell him what to do. Submit. And this submitting problem did not start when we got older. It started from a child. I told you the first word we knew before anything else was no. We learned how to say no real fast because it was already showing we would have a problem with subjecting and submitting ourselves to somebody else's authority and rule. But that's a wall. And today, we're saying that this wall will fall. Tell your neighbor, this wall will fall. See the reason why I'm telling you this? Because it's in seven days, seven days meaning completion and perfection, I come to let you know that in the seven days after this, the wall that you were dealing with is coming down. The problems that were hindering you is going to stop and God is bringing you over to a new place in your life. You shall not be here at this place tomorrow. Your mind will change. Your heart will change. Your house will change. Your life will change. Today, starting today in seven days, it will change because why? You change. And when you change, everything changes around you. Everything changes around you. When you change, oh, say it, change has come. Oh, come on, say a new sheriff is in town. It's spiritual warfare. I'm sure that the devil understood what was happening. He saw Israel by Jericho. See, and the devil was concerned because that was his people behind the wall. See, the enemy caused us to put up these walls to protect ourselves so no one else can come and help us so that we can stay where we want to be and not see any change. Well, let me tell you something. A lot of people have a problem with reading the Old Testament because they say, why all this killing? Why all this blood? But you have to understand that these people on the other side of the wall was not going to submit to God. They were beyond help. They were beyond repenting. There was no, they had no purpose. They were beyond help. Even for the fact of knowing that God had opened up the Red Sea for Israel. That God had opened up Jordan for Israel. They still decided to hide behind their wall. And Rahab, the prostitute, see what I mean? Rahab, the prostitute, who hid the two spies, who God saved, even though he destroyed, let them destroy everybody else in Jericho, but he saved the prostitute. I come to let you know that that's the kind of God that we serve. He saves those that we think can't be saved. He helps those that we think can't be helped. It may have looked for Rahab like there was no chance of her ever changing, but God changed her and not only changed her, but made her an heir to David, made her an heir to Jesus Christ. She was a part of their line. Why? Because of what she did for the work of God. And God honored her 
Do you not know that there's a prostitute in Jesus' line? Jesus didn't get all Pharisees in his line. There are some prostitutes in his line. Listen, there's, there's even a killer in Jesus' line. And some say, ooh, who was the killer? David. Ooh, there's an adulterer in Jesus' line. Guess who that is? David. Hmm. See, we get to looking at a lot of folks and we look at them and say, oh, I don't want to be around her because she like this. Oh, please. Please. Take the mask off and who are you? What, what, will, what, what do you do in your mind that you don't tell nobody you do? What would you do that if we found out we would make a citizen's arrest in your mind? I dare you go over there and tell that woman what you did with her husband in your mind. No, you ain't going to do it. I dare you tell that man what you do with his wife. Just give me, do me a favor, let me get out before he starts shooting. Amen. Stop thinking of yourself as beyond help. Everybody in here needs help. From the pulpit to the dope. Everybody needs some help. And everybody in here has got a wall that you need to say that this wall will fall. And today I'm going to have victory. I'm going to walk out here shouting unto the Lord. I'm not staying here no more. I'm going over to what God has promised me. Today is my day. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Today is the day I'm going to be delivered. I'm going to be set free. God's going to give me that dance I've been looking for. God's going to give me that tongue I've been looking for. God's going to bless me tremendously because I'm looking for a blessing. I'm, I'm preparing for it. That's what the board meeting is all about. Preparing for greatness. Woo! Most of y'all don't even know. We done been here five years. Five years. We going towards our seventh year. Oh, but we already planning it. The upstairs are going to be open. Before that seventh year, the upstairs, it, the completion and perfection year of seven, we going to do it. Uh, and no devil in hell will stop us. And we're going to get the people to fill the seats. We're going to do what needs to be done according to the will of God. We will not be held back. We will not be hindered. We will not be stopped. The devil is a liar and all his army. We are taking control and my name is V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. My name is Victory and we shall have victory this day in this neighborhood. And then after we get the upstairs finished, then we're going to work on getting us a parking lot on the street, if the Lord say so. Amen. Amen. Without a vision, the people perish. We got to have a vision. I see it already. The upstairs, done, open. I see it. We've been praying about it. We've been saying it. Now it's time to prepare for it and act towards it. Amen. Because God is doing it. God is doing it. God is doing it. 
Let me tell you something. You don't even, you don't even, you don't even know. You sitting on a million dollar property. You hear me? You sitting on a million dollar property. Do you know what happens when the upstairs is done? It, ah, stunk at Irene from the back. She preaching for me. The value, see, she work with money. She know the value go up. And if the value goes up, our value increases on the property. Do you not, do you not know how blessed we are? Do you, do you not know that once the value goes up, we can go and get a parking lot against this building? Look and see what the Lord has done. Amen, amen. It is the Lord's doing. And it is what? Marvelous in our eyes. See, God will make the system work for you. God knows how things work nowadays. God will make it work because all things work together. So let me tell you, that abuse you suffered, that hurt you suffered, all things work together. Why? It's going to make you stronger now. This is what it's going to do. It's going to give you a testimony to help somebody else that's gone through the same thing. You're going to be a witness that God is still good. I made it. You're going to make it. I did it. You're going to do it. God did it for me. God's going to do it for you. Let the church say amen. So listen, Joshua, now, he's here in the sixth Listen, now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Do you know what that meant? That, no, that didn't talk about Israel. That talked about the people of Jericho. They were afraid to come out because they knew Israel was behind the wall. And they knew Israel was there to come and take over. But they were confident that their walls would keep Israel out. See, a lot of us, we have to be careful because you can grow confident in walls. You know what? You can even make yourself believe you right and wrong. Oh, come on here now. Am I speaking to any human beings in here? Is it just me? You can, you can make yourself believe you right. You can justify your own self. And everybody else know he is wrong as dirt. But you standing there justifying what you just did. Yeah, I did it. I know why I did it. Uh-huh. And they have good reason too. The devil is a liar. Come on, tell your neighbor, the devil is a liar. Tell her, admit you're wrong. Jericho was closed. It was shut up. Listen, and the Lord said to Jesus, oh, excuse me, Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor and ye shall come past the city and all ye men of war and go around about the city once thou shalt do six days. Listen to what he said. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho. Joshua didn't win the battle yet. But notice that God spoke as though it was already done. He was telling Joshua, Joshua, 
I need you to get what's in my mind. It's already done. See, the wall's already down. I've given you the king, the city, and even the mighty men of the city. Meaning that, Joshua, you can't lose. Remember what I did at Jordan? Well, I'm telling you now that that wall is coming down. Because everybody on the other side of that wall, I'm putting under your authority. And I'm giving you authority to kill them. Listen, God is saying to you, I'm giving you authority to kill your worry. I'm giving you authority to kill your complaining. I'm giving you authority to kill your complacency. I'm giving you authority to kill everything that, I'm giving you authority to kill your fear. I'm giving you authority to kill your habits. I'm giving you authority to kill your addiction. Because God spoke to Joshua as though it was already done. As though Joshua had already won the battle because in God's mind, it's already done because God had already saw the city was his. How many can see it? How many can see it? How many can see it even though you don't have it? See, that's what faith says. Faith says, I have it even though it's not in my hand. I, Lord, I thank you for it now. I got it. I'm financially free. I'm Bill. How many see it? If God tells you to say it before it's done, that means that once you say it, it's yours. I am Bill free. I am out of debt. I will enjoy a trip. I will go out and enjoy a good steak because I'm set free from my debt. Debt will not hold me down in Jesus' name. But now you've got to act on it. You've got to stop spending money crazily. You've got to start using your money wisely. And guess what? Because you said it, you got it. And God said unto Joshua, see, I have given you the city. It's, Joshua is already done. You already got it. Now see, Joshua could have said like some of us, um, you know I ain't been in there yet, have you? You, you, you know, listen, listen, listen to this. You know, Lord, they're not going to just lift up the gate for me to come in there and destroy them. Lord, they're not going to, listen, Lord, they're not going to open the everlasting doors. But God said to Joshua, I mean Jesus, God, no, Joshua, they said, listen, I've given you the city. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that before Joshua got the city, God had already spoke on the wall that the wall had to come down, that God's people could go in so that they could have what God promised them so that God would be known as the promise keeper, as the covenant-bearing God who keeps covenant and performs what he says. The gate's going to open to you, Joshua. You are going to have exactly 
what I told you. But I need you to follow my instructions. I need you to do exactly what I tell you. I need you, listen, listen very closely. I need you to follow my word. I need you to do what I'm telling you to do. You're going to see the miraculous. Oh, God. You're going to see something you've never seen before. Ah, yeah, it looks hard. But I'm the God of the impossible. I'm the Lord that do great things. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything that can stop me? Is there anybody that can tell me what to do? I'm going to do this. Just follow what I say. Get the men of war. Have them march. Get the priests and have them carry the presence of God with them. Because every time they walk past that wall with the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark represents God being with my people. His presence goes before you. And because his presence goes before you, something miraculous has to happen. How many of you have the Holy Spirit in your life? How many of you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? So you have got to see the miraculous. You have got to see the impossible done before you. And as they're carrying the ark, I hear the words, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory, I mean Joshua, ha, shall come in because he's coming to take over. Listen, no one shot an arrow at them. No one came out the gate to fight them because they were wrapped in fear in their wall because the presence of God was with Israel. And the procession was following in front of God and behind God and there was no way that could be defeated. There was nothing that the people of Jericho could do. The devil himself had left Jericho. They were vulnerable. They were left unprotected. And on the seventh day, every day, they blew the trumpet. You know, before the feast, they would get the trumpet and start blowing the trumpet before the feast, representing the presence of God into their midst. This is why God told Joshua to tell the priests every day to blow the trumpets. Ha! The presence of God is in the midst. Not one arrow came over that wall. Not one man of the army died. Not one priest fell. And listen to how much strength God gave them. On the seventh day, 
they had to march around the wall seven times and then blow the trumpet. But when they blew that trumpet on the seventh time, you know what happened? Do you know what happened on the seventh time when they blew that trumpet? When they blew that trumpet, the wall fell flat. The wall will fall. The wall must come down. God's people has got to have what he says they have. That wall is coming down. We don't march. We don't obey the instructions. Now it's time for God to do what he said. And the wall will fall. It came down. And they should, you think they would have been tired after seven days of marching. God gave them supernatural strength because now they had to go to battle and kill everything and everybody to take the city. This wall will fall. I want you to look around at every seat. I want you to take a look. This wall will fall. Amen. This wall will fall. I'm not worried about it one bit. I trust God. I have faith in him. He's never failed me. I know he's going to do exactly what he said. He's bringing in those that he said he's sending. I'm just going to believe him. And this wall is coming down. It's coming down. Come on and stand up with me. 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 I'm making preparation for something great to happen. I'm believing God for a mighty miracle. Keep that up for me. God is going to do it. I believe him. I trust him for it. He's bringing it down. Don't try to see it with your natural eye. See, faith, the eye of faith already sees it done. That the job is complete. That the mission is accomplished that we are victorious in this right now. See, God had here today who we wanted to have here. See, because our Jesus is going to break the wall of gravity. He's coming from the third heaven through the second and through the first and he's coming to take over which means he has to break through walls he already showed us that he's a wall breaker because walls at his presence fall flat it cannot last in the presence of God God will 
do supernatural things in your life, in this ministry, in your home, in your family, on your job. In the midst of many people being laid off, you will get raises. You will always have a job. For God needs you to help his kingdom. That's right. And the enemy will flee because we are taking authority in Jesus' name. Come on and lift your hands with me in worship. Lift your hands with me in worship if you know you are a conqueror. Lift your hand in worship this day. Come on, lift up your hand in worship if you know you are a conqueror. This wall will fall. It's falling down now. I have the victory in Jesus' name. Now I want you to begin to worship him right where you are. Begin to worship him where you are. Begin to worship him. We're taking authority over the work of the enemy. We're going on to our destiny. We're going to what God has for us. We are not taking no for an answer. We are victorious and we will take the city in Jesus' name. God, we bless you. We worship you. We thank you even now. We give you glory. We give you honor, oh God. We thank you that you're tearing down walls. You're moving dividers, oh God. You're moving barriers and fortress, oh God, that stand before us, that's trying to keep us from going to where you would have for us to go. But we thank you that your supernatural power right now is punching a hole through the enemy's plans, punching a hole through the enemy's desires, that we have the victory. We bless you now. We bless you now. We count it done. We count it done. We count it done. I'm over my past. I'm over my abuse. I'm over the things that people has done to me. I'm over the things that people have said about me. I don't care how they laugh at me. I'm going forward in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for my healing. Thank you, God, for my strength. We bless you, oh God. We give you glory. We give you honor for your coming on a cloud. And every eye shall see you and those that pierce you. And all nations and kindreds of the earth shall wail because of you. Even so, Lord, you are Alpha and Omega, beginning and the ending. You, the first, you are the first and the last. You're coming on a cloud. And we will see you, Joshua, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Glory be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. He shall come in. He's coming in.
to rest and abide with us and bless us. We thank God for it now. In Jesus' name, God bless you.